Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What's going is that? That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. That's, yeah, they have asked for that, really. Well, you can laugh. I'm the World Cup. I'm a little bit of an idealist, but having said that, I want to be like me. But you don't know what you're talking about. What did you want? I'd like to stay alive for six days. I'd say it to your face, and I'll say it to you now. I'm down to Anfield, and we'll see them, won't we? What you doing down here, you surely, man. Is it too late to get one more big name to, I'm going to use the phrase again, throw their hat in the ring? ring. (laughs) These kids need to be training 11 once a year. For the Republic of Ireland. Oh, Duffer, you've thrown thrown me on a wild one there, Simon, because I was talking about Gus Poyet, who might seem an unlikely candidate considering he's currently managing Greece and preparing them for the Euro 2024 playoffs. But he has stated his desire to succeed Stephen Kenny in the past, even while Stephen Kenny was still in the job, mm-hmm. uh, at the receiving end of Gus Poyer's beatings. And he is doing the rounds in the Irish media today, so it would be remiss of us not to get him on and ask him if he fancies switching international allegiance to the team. He did the double over in the Euro qualifiers. Welcome to Monday Second Captain's Football Podcast. Hey, guys. I'm oh, all ears. I'm literally, I'm willing to listen to anyone who wants to do this job right now. After the second of those victories in Dublin in the middle of October, Poye said, it is a big plus for us to have this situation now and be able to beat the Republic of Ireland twice because I tell you the support in here, I would like to be in charge of the team here. <laughs> I would love that. I would absolutely love that. I think it's a terrific place to come and play football. I was even surprised. Okay, do you remember the tracksuit stuff? Do we need to go over that again? Um, we're he talks already. about how we were all wearing, all the Ireland fans were wearing tracksuits, which was unusual. Then at the start of November... He came back to it. He explained that his contract with Greece finishes after the playoffs, regardless of whether or not he actually succeeds in qualifying them for the tournament itself. And said, we used to say when you're a player six months left in your contract, you can start looking for a job. Now that is a possibility that they, Ireland, will like me, that they will contact me. That's a different matter. I congratulated them because the atmosphere was spectacular. It was a pleasure. The future will tell. Well, the future has arrived because there is a board meeting on tomorrow mm-hmm. at which supposedly the FAI would like to have a preferred candidate to discuss I think it might be a bit late for the Gus Poyet ship well, to sail its way in there but you never know bang on time on could be before we get Recency into the, bias anyone before we get into the report on sport I am feeling generous this week oh and you're amazing before throwing his own hat in the ring for the Ireland job at the National Stadium at the start of December Sam Allardyce stayed in the beautiful four-star Hyatt Centric Hotel in Dublin and now you can too the Hyatt Centric is located in the Liberties I can't guarantee you're going to be in the same room that Sam Allardyce was in that's the only thing I'm sure they've erected a sign commemorate <laughs> the Hyatt Centric is located right beside St. Patrick's Cathedral the Allardyce suite this week would that make you more or less likely to stay uh, listen all I'm, I digress we're giving you the chance to stay there or at any of the Hudson Bay Group four-star hotels around the country each day this week, we're giving away a two-night stay with dinner to the Hyatt Centric in Dublin, that's today, the Hudson Bay Hotel in Athlone, the Sheraton Hotel in Athlone. This is all happening during the week. The Galway Bay Hotel. And on Friday, the winner can pick any one of the above to stay in. As I said, we're going to start with the Hyatt Centric in Dublin. Check it out at www.hyattcentricdublin.com. And to win a two-night stay with dinner... It's been too long since we played a clip of Steve Staunton in the podcast itself. So to be with a chance of winning, please tell us which striker is the then-Republic of Ireland manager gushing about in this clip. He's not the most pleasing striker on the eye. Uh, he's been likened to uh, 
liking to a few big strikers that wouldn't be uh, the most comfortable on the ball. But he's quick and runs the channel as well. So we know that that is Steve Staunton speaking, but who is he speaking about in such admiring terms? He's a big boy. He's strong, quick. He's uh, he's awkward for defenders to handle. And uh, gives us an extra dimension. I will give you a clue. The player in question... I don't think he ended up having a massive impact on the Irish no. national team. But that's all I'm giving you for now. If you want a very fancy two-night stay away in the really lovely Hyatt-centric in Dublin, email your answer to editor at secondcaptains.com with the subject line hotel before midnight tonight, Monday the 29th. We'll announce a winner in tomorrow's podcast. And if you're thinking of a domestic break this year in Galway, Athlone, Dublin or Roscommon, log on to www.hudsonbaygroup.com to see the range of excellent offers for the Galway Bay Hotel, the Hudson Bay Hotel, the Sheraton Hotel Athlone and the Hyatt-centric in Dublin. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So just to reiterate, we are talking to Gus Poet on the show today. That's it's around quarter past one now. It's due to happen in a couple of hours' time. Mm. So I don't know. At this point of recording the opening to the show, I do not know what Gus Poet has said or not said about the Republic of Ireland job. It's all coming up. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I mean, obviously, Owen, you you were uh, you were hanging out with the with another one of the potential candidates over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, can, can you fill us in on the vibe there with? Uh, with Neil Lennon? Yeah, Neil Lennon is officially the new Republic. No. <laughs> he, <laughs> did you see it? But you, I know you don't uh, I didn't because, watch the FA Cup coverage. Because I, I tuned in, Owen, but it was just a bunch of clop talk at the start. No, the clop talk came after, so you must have missed Oh, I missed the second. first couple of minutes. It didn't last very long. I, I, Neil like, Lennon is, I, I tuned in at like 2.34 and they were talking about clop. Oh, and I was like, yeah. McDevitt is not the sort of man who'd bury the lead. Okay. No, straight Everyone, in, cut straight that intro music right yeah. now. Neil Lennon, are you the new Republic of Ireland manager or what? Answer the damn he, question. He put in a, a coy little one at halftime as well. He said, uh, Evan Ferguson, he'll be a brilliant player for the new Republic of Ireland manager, whoever that might be. Well, Complete stone, stony face here from Neil Lennon beside me when I said that. I yeah. don't think he could be seen to be laughing along so with those look, kind of what, gags right now. How, how was, what was... He was, well, on air, he very much dead bad at the, the questions. There is a process ongoing. Was one of the And Neil Lennon doesn't usually dead bad stuff. Mm. So I, I kind of figured going in, the less he says, the more likely it probably is that this yeah. is serious and this is something that may happen. He d- did say, I've got to be patient and wait and see what decision they come to. So the reports on Saturday that he had met the FAI on Friday, I didn't hear anything that, that made me question the, mm-hmm, the accuracy mm-hmm. of that. Yes, yes, yes. He's, I mean, he's definitely in the hunt. And if he did meet the FAI on Friday before a Tuesday board meeting, it means obviously he's in the shakeup. So that's it. Yeah, that's, that, that's about as much as I was getting. Well, we've had a... I mean, it's been, it's, it hasn't gone great so far, this manager search stuff. This board meeting tomorrow supposedly was a kind of deadline. You know, we want to have, mm. why? We want to present why? a united front to Europe, to the, European, to UA, the UEFA family. Oh, look, Ireland, they've got a shiny new coach. Yeah. Well, it's more. They've got their act If not now, then there. when do we get the appointment sorted? Stephen Kenny has been gone a long time now and was sort of dead man walking for a long time before that mm-hmm. so I do wonder if we don't get it done if there's no preferred candidate even brought to the board tomorrow night when is it going to happen for us here? I'm going to say if Neil Lennon is the only uh, answer I could live with another extend month the deadline of, I, I think this is the sort of deadline that we could very easily push out to June 
because we've seen this pa the pattern we've seen so far right is that the FAI um, want to would would have liked to appoint an ambitious uh, young progressive Thrusting young coach, coach yeah. right because you know the names you know names being linked with for example Anthony Barry uh, or Lee Carsey who's obviously a little bit older but um, you know so still in in this type of mold. Um, you know, that indicates the kind of the preferred direction. The problem is those people don't want to manage Ireland, it looks like. If you're an ambitious, young, progressive coach, then you don't want to be managing the Ireland team. That seems to be what a lot of these progressive guys think. They're not as progressive as maybe they let on, right? They, for some reason, they've, they've got prejudice about Ireland. They think, yeah. it's a, they think it's a dead end job. They think it's a, it's a football irrelevance that doesn't even pay that much money and has been a career graveyard for a succession of managers. So that's that's one way of looking at these are the at prejudices. Yeah, yeah, these yeah, are the yeah. prejudices that are floating that around that we're fighting against as a nation, as yeah. a football nation. Yeah, and uh, amidst this somewhat depressing uh, backdrop of, of people not answering the phone or uh, leaving uh, you your messages on red or crossing the street, sorry, to avoid mate, you. wrong wrong number. Uh, I just have I just have that picture of Anthony Barry as my WhatsApp profile picture for a laugh. It's banter. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, amidst all that, there's one one person who stepped forward and said, I'd love to have this job. And that's, well, More two people. Roy, We've got Chris Poyer. Sam. Possibly, possibly Chris Poyer, but yeah, Roy Keane. There are a few. So are you, is it, we're in that sort of, you don't want to be, belong to any club that would have you as a member situation. You know, you've got, you've got the managers you want to hire and then you've got the managers who want to be hired by you. Mm. And it's a figure eight. Are you going there to is to... not even the tidiest bit of sort of. <laughs> are you going to have the Venn diagram is actually just the figure eight. But is this a case of us Sorry, having guys. ideas above our station? You know, we feel like we'd love to have all these progressive young coaches who want to manage us, but that doesn't appear to be the case. So you're picking from a certain pool, and within that pool, Neil Lennon seems to at the moment be at the forefront of the FAI's thing. Yeah. Uh, I, w I wonder why that is, though. I mean, if 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 we're if we're going to kind of expand it to you know, um, let's say well-known football men, I mean, are we? Is it time to look again at Roy Keane? You know, are we are we dismissing him too easily just because he's, you know, never won anything, hasn't managed in years, and whenever he has managed, it's often ended badly. And the last time with Ireland, obviously there was there was a lot of problems with the players and stuff. Are we are we overlooking him too quickly? Are we overlooking? How you know at the end of the day, right? What's the team there for? Mm. So for us all to have a bit of a laugh. <laughs> why? Why should we allow Royke to have all of the laughs on the Stick to Football vlog vlogcast, <laughs> where he could come over here and give us a laugh in press conferences? Well, he is. He, I, I, okay, I don't. I don't sound like I'm being facetious here. He is. God, no. <laughs> wow. Well, he, he is. Let's be. Let's be fair, right? He is the greatest football man this country has produced in at least fifty years, hmm. a little over fifty years, given that he himself is now fifty-three this year. Um, you know, that's that's got to count for something. It's a half century of excellence. Doesn't it have to. Does, does it not have to count for something? I think it counts for something. At this stage, at this stage in the game, Ken, it counts for something. Neil Lennon's credentials. He he has won five uh, Scottish Premier League titles. Mm -hmm. um, three of them, Rangers were in the same division. Mm -hmm. He did. That's over fifty percent. These the three of them were were kind of in the ten year. He he did two spells at Celtic. Three titles in the first, two in the second, two trebles I think in the second. A good European record during his time there are some good European results better the Barcelona than, one was a big one the yeah. Barcelona got into the knockout stages that better year. than any other Celtic manager in Europe better than recent Celtic managers um, uh, sorry obviously not Jocene, but no um, it's, a, it's a while back I mean the, the second spell at Celtic obviously ended very badly they ended up losing the title it would have been the 10 in a row I mean a lot of these titles were won like one of the titles they won by 29 points you know what I mean I, I don't know if it was it's not that competitive that, that division in, you know, in the sense of um, you know, wow! It's not like um, Ferguson winning the league with Aberdeen, or you know, th these types yes. of um, of achievements. Uh, and it's a while back as well. I mean, there was a job at Bolton, which which ended pretty badly. Um, uh, 
he was out in Cyprus for a, a short time. Did they win a, some a, kind of a trophy? Eight months, well, mm-hmm. the Cypriot Cup, yeah. So they won the Cypriot Cup last season. They, they won the Cypriot Cup. They then um, were in the Europa League and pushed United close. They played a couple of games against Man United and lost one of them 3-2. They lost both of them by a goal, I think. It does feel as though it's become, it's it's a little becalmed. Just to say, then, yeah, I think it was an eight-month stint then. He was sacked after eight months. They were March seventh, to October. Seventh in the league at the time. Yeah. I mean, it seems as though maybe the, the great days of his managerial career were about 10 years ago. You know, in the sense of when he was kind of in his first stint at Celtic. And, and since then, maybe things haven't been so good. I suppose you know he could he could always rejuvenate, but it's a, you know you kind of wish like you could hire someone like you know the Neil Lennon of twenty twelve rather than you know the all I'm you, saying you is you might wish you can do that, but in the real world can you can you who are the who are the other options? Well, is it Roy Keane now? Are you saying if you if you don't think it's the look, current iteration of Neil Lennon, maybe there's that. too much maybe there's prejudice. You know, maybe people are thinking about any chance to you. Training, yeah. People are hearing that in their heads, and you know, we have to, you know, if this is going to be the situation, you know, let's let's step back and, and consider, you know, what's what's this team really all about? I mean, there is an argument that that like um, international football is is maybe becoming a different sport anyway, right? From the yeah game, you know, the sort of TV top level game, that this is a. Uh, this is actually more like the kind of the old school football that we all. We all love and miss, you know, <laughs> that it's it's not about all this, um, you know, ideas and tactics and stuff. It's more about like, you know, this kind of thing. Mm. See, you're banging your heart there. Maybe it is, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, well, that would be good news for us looking at this shortlist. That would be very good news for us. But I don't think <laughs> well, that's see, actually now the I'm just trying to talk myself into it. I'm just yeah. trying to justify. I'm trying to retrospectively I justify. Have, listen, I don't have a name, right? But I would like someone to be involved in this that I haven't heard of. You know, I'd be yeah. like, okay, this guy. Okay, who is he? What's he done in the game? You know, whereas I feel like given five minutes and a pen and paper, I could come up with the shortlist that we're currently left with. Yeah. You know, like like the, the, the paucity of new ideas here is kind of what's, is kind well, of what's depressing. Well, Murph, the know? best way to get new ideas is to throw loads of money at it. That's where a Trapatoni comes from and they've yeah. already said that they're not looking to do that and not, that's not going to happen this time but anyway. Surely there is a young coach somewhere. Somewhere. I don't know. I like I maybe the shortlist is the shortlist because they're the people that are interested and all of the good original thinking and ideas. I kind of feel like if I was the FBI and I'd even approach someone that you hadn't heard of, I'd I'd leak that. I'd be like, we are trying here. Genuinely, we're trying. If it ends up that Neil Lennon is the new Ireland manager, at least you'll have known that we spoke to the, I don't know, fucking gank manager, you know? And we talked to him and we said, you know, we think we've got a project here for you. And the gank manager says, who are you people? <laughs> I literally don't know who you are. Please get out of my office. But at least I'd have felt that the FAI would have, have tried. They've looked, they've said football is a multi- million pound multi-billion pound industry across the globe and we have scarred at least some parts of the globe that aren't like a pro-am at Sunningdale Golf Club for some you know Premier League pl- uh, player from the ni- from the early 2000s yeah. foundation do you know I haven't met, I haven't heard anyone's name being mentioned that wouldn't be at Dion Dublin's golf day out at Sunningdale Anthony Barry I mean the, the thing there though is he literally did work for the FAI for um, nearly a year or whatever. Yeah. So there was a certain, there was introductions made, I assume, during mm-hmm. that year. Uh, I mean, this is, this is, I guess, what Mark Canham is there to do. You know what I mean? Like he's supposed to be the, the guy with the sort of the deep knowledge of, of football, with the vision of, of how things are going to develop. I mean, I don't really see any evidence of that at this point. If you're talking about, if we're talking about bringing in, um, you know, kind of, Neil Lennon. There, there isn't really continuity in any sense between what we just did and what you know the the direction under Stephen Kenny. Now, okay, maybe there needs to be a, a rebalancing. You know, I mean, the Stephen Kenny uh, direction failed. You know, in the sense that 
Whether, well, the direction and the results are maybe not exactly the same thing. But the fact is the results were, were bad. And that's why Stephen Kenny's not the manager anymore. You, you kind of can't survive. Yeah, he succeeded you in implementing a new style, but that style didn't succeed. It in didn't succeed in getting results. results and, and ultimately, his credibility was shot by just all the L's. Just too many L's. Mm. Um, but, you know, uh, if, if our, you know, is that what we want to continue to do? Or, you know, I mean, it seems to have been... Yes, you know, if, you, if you're talking about Anthony Barry or, or Carsley, then yeah. But then to sort of give that up, I mean, why not just keep going? I mean, are we, are we, are we saying that we don't, we don't know anyone else who we could try along, along similar lines? Well, it lines? does feel like the, if it was Neil Lennon, it doesn't sound like he's going to be getting, just judging by what I'm reading online and what people are saying, it doesn't feel like he's going to have the <laughs> support that Stephen Kenny had going into the job. So if he was to go through a winless run, a scoreless run like Stephen Kenny did early in his tenure, he might be under yeah. pressure earlier on. Which mm. Stephen Bradley or Damien Duff would be far more popular with Irish football fans than Neil Lennon. I think so too, actually. Yeah. Like far more popular. I think so too. Um, do they want to do it? Does Duffer uh, want to do it? I don't Stephen know. Stephen Bradley... Stephen Bradley, sorry, yeah. I mean, presumably I mean, he would I, want to stay. The up. Duff one is interesting to me. You know, I, mm. you know, if Damien Duff really wanted this job, I think he would at least be getting mentioned in the same breath as Roy Keane. Yeah, I've always found it strange that his name hasn't really come up in it. It's yeah. sort of, hasn't at all, really, actually. No. It's just uh, whether he has let it be known that he wouldn't be interested, or it may, whether it's He's too ridiculous the for... the FBI and uh, hasn't fa- doesn't fancy going back in there again. Maybe it seems crazy that a player who's a management... Manager with so little experience of management at the top level. Yeah, but like known I mean, at the top level. Who, who's the current? Who's the current World Cup winner? I just did a real. He's had no experience at the top level. He's only managed League of Ireland. Exactly the trap that has yeah, yeah. been fallen into the past. I didn't quite mean it like that, but he's only managed one team in the League of Ireland for a very short period well, of time. Who's the current? Who? Sorry. Who's the current? The current world champion international manager. Where else did he manage? Did he hmm. go straight into the air? No, he couldn't have. Argentina is his first job. As a, as a senior manager, he'd been assistant in a couple of places. He'd done like the U team, the Argentine U team. Argentina's his first coaching job, and he did an amazing job. Yeah, he did. He did one. Of, it's one of the best coaching performances I think. Uh, four different ever. formations in the four knockout games. Is that yeah, right? one of just a brilliant coaching performance. I mean, okay, they, he obviously had some decent players, uh, but uh, that's all, often been the case with Argentina, and usually they've been a total mess. Uh, you know what I mean? If you can do it, then you can do it. I don't really know. It's it, the, the experience necessarily makes a huge, um, you know, a huge difference. I'm just it. thinking, Ken, the afternoon is young here. I mean, Murph has mentioned the Genk manager. Could we get Wouter Vranken on between now and, say, five o'clock? Put the pot out late, late on tonight? Well, you could offer that as, a, as an offering for our second captain's uh, World Service members. I Pay a fiver a month and you could, you too could hear Wout before the end of the Wouter. Week. That's what I said. Wouter, yeah. Genk have, have, you know, have been in the... Champions League recently, right? I mean, yeah. they're you know. Well, that's why Murph's thinking of them. I mean, that's why they're they're seldom far from my thoughts. See a lot a lot of these um, a lot of these ambitious up and comers, you know. Yeah, they, they they're swayed by this Champions League stuff. Yeah, you know, they don't necessarily want to go and manage some windy island off the back of beyond. <laughs> you know, that's that's just unfortunately the attitude that we're dealing with. So. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I said there was an interesting piece by by Daniel McDonald today in the Independent where he the line in the piece is the FBI have told prospective candidates to replace Stephen Kenny that they would prefer if they had a base in Ireland. Previous Ireland bosses such as Giovanni Trapattoni, Martin O'Neill flew in and out of the country for international breaks and press promotional press and promotional events, but they weren't expected to spend time in FBI HQ otherwise. Um, so. Uh, Jonathan Hill, he mentions Jonathan Hill in March 22, saying it's really important we continue to have an Irishman at the top of our Irish coaching system, said Jonathan Hill. I mean, he himself obviously is English and, you know, his... Lives in England. Continuing to live in England and commuting back has obviously been a source of some uh, controversy. Uh, Mark Hannum also is English, uh, you know, but we we need to have <laughs> Somebody an Irishman. Someone Irish. <laughs> Not us two, uh, obviously, but yeah, someone else. Look, it's, it's you know, that's, it's, this is all fine. Um... But uh, the description of the brief, um, the the FAI set out with the idea of finding a candidate who was a visible presence in Ireland. The description of the brief hinted old school bosses and isolated focus would not fit the bill. Um, so, uh, I don't know quite what that means. So having an Irish base, that doesn't does that mean living in Ireland? Or does that just mean being over in Ireland more regularly than previous managers have been before Stephen Kenny? 
Um, well, uh, having a base, I mean, I suppose it means a pied a terre at least, right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> we have to have a little in fur house, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know exactly if it means you should be here for most of the working week and then fly back to the UK for your for your um, mm. weekend uh, match watching or whatever. Uh, but Dan does note in this piece, Neil Lennon has now seen frontrunner status. He did meet with an FAI delegation in the northwest of England late last week. Regular working weeks in Ireland would pose no issue for the former Celtic midfielder who was in Dublin on Saturday for punditry duty on Premier Sports, where he again expressed his interest in the job. Um, so, oh, and you're amazing. So he, uh, yeah, he wouldn't have a problem. He'll do it. Um, Your message today, Ken. Are you sure he could, he could stay with McDevitt? Your message. Give <laughs> me a spare room, haven't you? Your message today, Ken. Yeah. Is That's just a question, Lord. Do are we, you willing, are you willing to, to put up, put Neil Lennon up? For a nominal fee. I mean, we're not, no. this isn't a charity case. I feel like, I feel like I'm too inextricably linked with this manager search already, Murph. I feel like I need to start backing off now. Wow. You know, let the FAI make their decisions. Okay. You know? I mean, I'm trying to put Gus Poe, I'm trying to put Neil Lennon, I'm trying to put Big Sam into the frame here. And they can do the rest. Fair enough. Okay? Duly noted. But uh, your message is, Ken, relax. doesn't matter. You don't need anyone. You don't ne- need a manager there for the draw. No. You don't need a manager there for the friendlies next month? No, you could have... You Not could just next month. Get March. an interim manager if, if necessary. You know, just... just um I don't know. Maybe Mark Hannum should should coach the team for the. I, I, what I'm saying is, I don't see that as like, oh my god, the pressure's on. We absolutely yeah. have to have. I don't think that. I think it's more important to to say you don't know what's going to happen. Okay, maybe things are going to open up a little bit. It's not a question of like, oh, we've only we can only pick from these three people, and two of them have turned us down, so it has to be the third. You know, the world is. You never know. It's so big. You never know what might so happen. So big. So yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be rushing into this stuff. Owen. Uh, that's my philosophy. Um, Maybe we should ask Xavi. Uh, he's he's looking for somewhere less pressured. I mean, it'd be a hell of a, an appointment by the FA. It would be a coup. We'd call it a coup now, wouldn't we? Would you like to have Xavi as the Ireland manager? I mean, he hasn't Xavi, been... or, Xavi or Neil Lennon? I'm going to say I'd rather have Xavi. <laughs> he hasn't been um, that good at Barcelona, unfortunately. And, and now it's time at Barcelona. He, he won the what league. Hold on a second here. He won, he won the league. He won the league, but the league is a sort of a sadly diminished thing, largely because of well, Barcelona and Real Madrid sort of draining uh, the rest of the clubs, soaking up all the money for themselves. Now it's just not that interesting. I mean, I was looking at the they lost to Villarreal uh, on Saturday night. What a crazy game that sounded like! Yeah, amazing. They lost a few, like they lost four one to Madrid uh, in the Super Cup. They lost four two to uh, Bilbao in an extra time cup game. Uh, in midweek and then they lost 5-3 to Villarreal having been 2-0 down then 3-2 up with 5 minutes to go so when you're 3-2 up with 5 minutes to go at home you don't expect to lose 5-3 but that's what they managed to do and afterwards Xavi said that's it for me well no that's not it I'm going to leave in the summer that's the the end of my um, stint and said some stuff about uh, what it's like to manage Barcelona. It's a cruel job. It wears you down. You always feel like you're not valued. You're mistreated in Barcelona. That's how the club works. You see how they kill you. They criticize you. It affects you. From a mental health level, it's tough. I'm a positive guy, but the battery levels keep running out. And at some point, you realize there's no point in staying. They're amazing quotes. It's so similar yet opposite to what you're club. So it's the exact same message. I don't have the energy for this anymore. Mm. The batteries are running out, all that sort of stuff. But in Klopp's case, it was purely self-owned. It was like, I can't do this anymore. Klopp was amazing like, it's job. not you, it's me. Club is amazing. My wife wants me to do this. Happy for me to do it. Yeah. As he, I, I just don't do it anymore. Whereas Xavi is saying, who the fucking managed this yeah. mad place of a club? You people, you scum sitting yeah. in front of me. You asked me many times if I'd be the Sir Alex Ferguson of Barca. The truth is... That will never happen here. You guys won't allow it. So if it wasn't for these people, um, these Would you take the Sir most Alex dishonest Ferguson instead of Neil Lennon. Sorry, I know we're. I know you wanted to move it on, but if it wasn't for the most dishonest people, I don't, I'm not sure Ferguson's necessarily going to work again. But I mean, the answer to the question is if yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, back he's, to Jan. He's a Sorry. very. He's been. A, he's he, been a fine manager over he the years. Came, he came up. Sorry. Um, uh, yeah, he said. Um, so he he pointed at the, the very dishonest people, and he said, "This is your fault. Uh, you will never. You are the reason why this club can never be great." And uh, people are sort of okay. Um, 
Yeah, immediately you had rumours that Mikel Arteta had informed friends he was going to quit Arsenal at the end of the season. And I honestly almost cried laughing when I saw that. Why? The idea of Mikel Arteta leaving Arsenal to become the Barcelona manager at this point, like the fact that they still will put out a rumour like that in the expectation that at least some people who see it might believe it or, or click on the story. You think Mikel Arteta wouldn't be excited by the challenge? No. Barcelona? Why would he... Why would he leave Arsenal for Barcelona? That would be an insane thing to do for him at this point. You've got like, he's got an Arsenal team, which he's been like working to build for like four years now. It's shaping up pretty well. They, you know, nearly won the league last year, have a chance this year. You know, they're competitive during the Champions League. Everything's sort of, you know, the team is young, it's developing. The club is stable. The owner um, respects him, it seems. The fans, for now, still love him. Uh, it's and and the only person who decides whether or not he continues in the job is like Josh Kroenke. Hmm. He only has to keep one guy happy. Whereas with Barcelona, it's about a hundred thousand of them. <laughs> well, this is it. Like you know, this, and it's and Barcelona have got Arsenal have way more money than Barcelona, right? There's their their squad has paid more money than Barcelona's squad now. I mean, th- a lot of things have changed with Barcelona. This f- big financial crunch has been the big change, you know, between. Five years ago and now, they, five years ago, they were by far the biggest uh, payroll in all of sport. Since then, they've had to crunch themselves down quite a lot. They've bought players who aren't any good, like or, or they've 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 invested some of their dwindling cash reserve in players like Lewandowski, who himself is is dwindling. Like there's nothing. Well, there's nothing there. They've they've just the club has disappeared. You know, to, for Arteta to go there would be like, what? You know, from from where he is at Arsenal, this is as as solid a position as a manager can have. Yeah, Arsenal is a club, though. Barcelona is more than a club. Is that surely that has to mean something? Arsenal sort of playing in a, in a, I hate to say, a serious league. Like you know, it is. It's kind of it, it is the big time of football now. Yeah, bloody uh, hard league to win. Well, I mean, this is the, this is the thing that uh, that had come up in relation to um, Dan's uh, piece, where it was like the FAI would like the Ireland manager to be in Ireland, and, and Miguel, uh, a friend, had said, "Why though? Like, I mean, what's the point? You know, if you're if you're the if you're the Ireland manager, your players all play in the UK. I mean, the vast vast majority. There have been a couple of." League of Ireland call-ups, but the vast majority of the players are in the UK and mostly in England. So, kind of doesn't make... It, it's not like... It, it It shouldn't be a kind of a... Uh, I think his point was it shouldn't really enter into the calculation that like, um, you know, oh, this guy's based in, mm. in England. I mean, it should, it, that, that shouldn't be a drawback. It's like, it's actually an advantage, you know, in the sense of... Be where the players are. Be where are. the players are. So, um, but yeah, I think quite a few people uh, disagree with that. I mean, I don't know, for, for patriotic uh, reasons, but a lot of people think, oh, it's a disaster for us to be to be hitched to this English football period, uh, p- period pyramid. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I mean, if we... Um, uh, I mean, it is. It's true that it's more difficult for our players to play uh, the Premier League. I mean, there's a, there's a couple of them who who are doing it at the moment, but it is. It has become much more difficult, obviously, than 20 years ago. But does that mean that the football they're playing is of a lower standard in the Championship than it was in the top division in England 20 or 30 years ago? I don't think so. You know, the Championship is a is a pretty high level league. Mm. So you're so you're saying Arteta is playing in a serious league. Why would he leave? A serious league for an unserious league like Spain. I liked your yeah. line in the Irish Times. Another uh, dramatic week in history of the incredible Shrinky Barcelona. The club that used to be appointment viewing for football fans around the world and have now melted away into a spectral presence whose results you occasionally notice on live score. Yeah, well, that's true. I, I mean, it's it's like, it's oh, there line. they are. Oh, Barcelona have lost. Uh, in first, they, had, they didn't lose that many games. They, I mean, last season, they, they had this crazy... Um, situation where they barely let in a goal until about halfway through the season. They have had a few in- important injuries, like Ter Stegen, the goalkeeper, has been injured for a few months, and this has been a big problem. But just on the uh, on the championship issue, uh, if you look at the championship now, you see about half of the managers in it are foreigners, right? Which is like, I know people talk a lot about this issue of the replacement of you know the the population. Yeah, it's, it's become a hot button issue, uh, but what I think what it demonstrates in the championship is a point as Mikel was was arguing that you that like ambitious coaches 
are going to championship teams, you know, the the idea of the, like a, a kind of a foreign coach who kind of, you know, uh, th- thought of themselves as upwardly mobile would join like a, a first division or second, you know, second division club in, in England in the 90s would like, I mean, of course, that would not, that would never happen. But now if you look at it, you've got like all these guys, John Dahl Thomason and David Wagner and uh, Valerian Ismail, Enzo Maresca, all of these, Daniel Fark, you know, all of these um foreign or European managers who are kind of trying to basically get into get into the Premier League via the promotion. You know, that because that's where that's the destination league where they want to be. So I mean for for Arteta, he's already there. He's already up right there at the top of it, like within within uh, grabbing distance of the of the main prize. To go to Barcelona. Why? Like Barcelona aren't even second in the Liga these days. You know it's, just, it's embarrassing. Uh, it's it's not really uh, it doesn't sound that that as no. exciting a prospect as it used to be. I mean, the, you know, the days of oh, when Barcelona call, you must answer. Obviously, these are a long time ago. So, what else? Um, Klopp apparently would be the the preference of uh, Juan Laporta, but again, I'm not sure if he was listening to any of the stuff Klopp was saying on Friday. But it doesn't sound as though this is a man who's thinking, yeah. You know, I'd love to go and manage Barcelona for a couple of years, and let's do that immediately. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Literally, have a holiday at Barcelona. The, it, if chill it, out time. Even if the Javis have hadn't happened, he would be well aware of how Pep found Barcelona yeah. and how he had to walk away from that. Then the Javi thing happens. It's exactly the kind of stuff that Klopp is trying to take yeah. out of his life for a year anyway. Klopp obviously had a, an enjoyable day on. Um, Sunday, five-two uh, win, really good performance again by Liverpool. This is this is one of the things I think they're going to miss when he's gone. Is it's become kind of normal for them to have young players come into the team from like their academy or from loan spells and slot in and play really well. I'm talking here about Connor Bradley. Oh, and I don't know if you were watching this guy. Every time I see him, I it brings a tear to my eye. I'm like, how have we not got this guy playing for us? Ken, you are very much sounding like a, an English football journalist wondering why Evan Ferguson's not playing. I mean, it's a little bit more it's a little bit more complex than that. But the the boy the lad did come up through the Northern Ireland system. He is now playing for Northern Ireland. Yeah. We don't get to cherry pick all of them. We need to have people in the GAA, really, don't we? Well, we I need mean, to get people. We if need to get left it to us, I don't think there would have been a problem, but to get people oh, well. in the GAA. Um, you slept on that one again, didn't you? The eyes and ears. He was absolutely amazing. Um, he, you know, he set up two goals, just playing with like massive confidence. Um, you know, looks. Uh, when he played his first couple of games a little while ago, he didn't really look physically um, up to it yet. This is like a year or two back um, when he kind of first was was picked in the team. Now he just looks really dynamic, really impressive. Um, and there are gaps opening up on the uh, Liverpool defensive side as yeah, well. Yeah, it's like, you know this is like sort of come along at a great time for them, considering what's what's happening with Trent Alexander-Arnold, but also Gerald Kwanzaa uh, has I think played really impressively when he's when he's been in the team. Um, they had a, another guy, James McConnell, who was coming in, uh, and again doing you know he set up a goal um, for Jones. Jones I think is almost another example of this from a couple of years ago, who's now turned into a really top player. Like this is not normal, you know what I mean for for this. Uh, this kind of development, I think, is really exceptional. It's just another thing that I don't think you can take for granted. You know, when um, uh, when when this uh, when this manager leaves in a few months, so there was an interview with Virgil Van Dijk saying uh, they're like, "Will you will you continue to be here for for the post Jurgen Klopp era?" He was like, "Well, it's a big question. I don't know." So <laughs> uh, he's got eighteen months left in his contract. Salah's got eighteen months left, and Trent Alexander Arnold all have eighteen months left. For Alexander Arnold, that's a very strong bargaining position. He's about to get a really big contract because not just that, but he will be informing them. I want. I'm a centre mid now. Okay, yeah. you dare stick me right back again? <laughs> I will leave this club. I am a very important player now. Time to let Cutter Bradley soar. Yes, exactly. Oh, it's all working out nicely, as you said. Um, so that's uh, that was the the club stuff. It was, it all was was very nice. So I, I already see people saying, I can't take much more. I can't take four months of this. I was like, you, you can't take one game of it either. Like, <laughs> one one game has been enough. Uh, but the other, the, obviously, the other big game yesterday was Manchester United away to uh, Newport, Dublin's Newport, Dublin's uh, Newport, Dublin. Graham never mind, Crofton. never mind. Newport County. They should be calling it County Newport. <laughs> <laughs> Former uh, frequent uh, guest of our zone on the on the radio years ago. So um, yeah, inform me. We when he was at Plymouth, speak to him a lot of Plymouth. Yeah, uh, she was always nutting in goals. 
he was one of these goal-scoring centre-backs. Um, now, of course, the Newport Marjorie, they got back to 2 all against Man United until Anthony came along and stamped his authority on the fixture. And uh, and obviously Highland got made it 4-2. But the big story around this was the one around Marcus Rashford. Mm. And I have to say, this is this really is an amazing story. Mm. Rashford, last week, so there was these uh, videos, first of all, appearing, was it Friday or Saturday? And it was like, oh, here's Rashford in a club in Belfast. What's he doing? And then, he, oh, he's called in sick to training on Friday. And, um, and then people were like, no, no, he was out on Wednesday. It was Wednesday he was out and they had a day off. And then, and now he's sick. These, you know, you're just trying to make trouble. And then it turned out he's been in Belfast and he's gone out both nights. He's gone out to Lavery's on Wednesday and then Thompson's on Thursday. Have you ever been in either of these places? I haven't, have you? I was in Lavery's in 1997. Okay. One time. <laughs> uh, the, th- the things I remember are the crunch of broken glass beneath my feet and the, um, the flashing lights of the um, military police vehicles on the street outside as, as at closing time. Military police or just regular? Or you <laughs> Militarized police. Okay, yeah. Um, so Changed that, times for Marcus, I that, would say. That was, that was 1997. I've never been in Thompson. What was he doing in Belfast, by the way? His mate uh, was joining, or has, has joined Larne, the you know, Larne Football Club, uh, Roshan Williams, who is a, um, like a friend of Marcus Rashford's from, uh, I guess, the United Youth Setup. So he was over visiting him, apparently. Um, I've never been to Thompson's, so I've, I did one of my favorite things in, in the world, which is to go and look at the Google reviews and then look at the one-star reviews from all the mad people. Uh, I love doing that. I, honestly, I would, I would recommend it. So, you know, if you, go, if you ever want to look at a, a hotel or a restaurant or anything like that, and just look at the one-star reviews just for the pleasure, not because yeah. you're going to take them seriously and go, oh, this place sounds terrible. You just, um, it, it, they always, for me, they, they usually say more about the person writing the review mm. than the place itself. But I was struck by this one of Thompson's. Um, very bad experience. And this is a one-star review. By the way, it, I think the overall rating was 3.1 and there was as many one-stars as five-stars with a kind of a gap in the middle. People seem to either love or hate the place. Very bad experience, an absolute disgrace. We got two tickets with my friend. The ticket said, doors open at eight o'clock. This is a nightclub, by the way. (laughs) We traveled all the way to get there, and we arrived at at 8.15 to be told, we'll open at nine o'clock. Not even a sorry for this. We did not mind it, and waited until nine o'clock. We came there at approximately 10 to 9, to, to kindly ask if we could enter. But the bouncers told us that it was not 9 o'clock yet, and we had to wait until 9 o'clock. So we waited patiently without bothering them. At 20.59... <laughs> at 20.59, we walked to the door and said, can we enter now? The bouncer looked at me and said, you are annoying me. You are not getting in. You have got an attitude. This was totally unnecessary and extremely disrespectful or even bullying. Absolutely disgusting behavior. And it was clear they were the ones with a very bad attitude. They were so conceited as to play deaf to any reasonable logic, civil behavior. Wow. So uh, that person that didn't incredible. even get in, but left it was star review. Because <laughs> you're not wait until nine to, to arrive and say, can we enter? Look. There's a lot of there's a lot of great ones to review. Yeah. Lavery's. I, I mean, I, I looked at Lavery's. I know Lavery's. I know. I know You've been Lavery's. there. I know Lavery's. But obviously, I, Lavery's has a higher rating of four point four, with most reviews being five stars. You know, people are like, "Yeah, you know, it's great. It's a place to be." Obviously, there's a few one stars, mm-hmm. including uh, left five star review. Came back two months later. Food was terrible. <laughs> Half sized portion of greasy fish. Nothing was good except the chips, which were grand. Complained. Offered free meals. Barmaid left me feeling like I was scamming Lavery's asking for complimentary meals. Duty manager too busy to make an appearance. Food, once again, below par. Wasn't treated like a valued customer. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Slow this down. This person had left a five-star review, loved the place so much, they left a five-star review. They came back a while later. They didn't particularly like the food. Yeah. Yeah. 
They were given free food. They were given free food. They were made to feel bad. But apparently, the the barmaids seemed to implicitly insult them for for thinking. As in, you're trying to yeah. scam. As you're trying to get the free food by giving yeah. out about this food. Okay. Wasn't right. treated like a value. It, it's all over the place, Alan. Yeah. Wasn't treated like a value customer. Shambles. <laughs> we'll still return for drinks and pool, but I'll never eat in labs again. This bar used to be the best in Belfast with great stuff. Now it's still the best bar in Belfast overall. <laughs> but I'll not be sending anyone for food. Labs measured. I cannot count the times I've recommended your bar to tourists over the years. It's a huge amount. Not anymore. One star. <laughs> I mean, like, how can you not love reading these these reviews? I uh, feel like it is lost time, though. Ah, uh, no, it's not. It's, no, not. it's great. Yeah, because mean, people, just this, people just, you wouldn't believe how weird they are. For the 18th time, Liverpool are the champions. Ninety-seven points is incredible, and only because City is there, it's not enough. And these boys were really ready for it. We will keep going. Alexander Arnold outside first. Oh my word! We can't even put it into words. How good that was! Dominic Lallana, goal for Liverpool. Fabinho in the strike! Oh my word! Fabinho! Fabulous! And Mohamed Salah's arriving! Oh, that's beautiful! That's Liverpool all over! Alisson saw Salah running from his own half, so onside here, Mo Salah. Salah to settle it! It's it's a big moment. I cannot. I, I have no real words to be honest. Um, I, I, it's, it's such a big moment. I'm completely overwhelmed. I never would have thought that it, that it would feel like this. I have no idea. And um, it's just big. Sorry, gentlemen. John Barnes. So what a stage it was for Barnes. Titles always come to Liverpool, it seems. Players may come and players may go, but the trophies seem to go on. We're delighted to have Greece manager Gus Poye on the podcast today. Thanks for chatting to us, Gus. Everything all right. Nice to be with you. Second captains. Nice. Yeah, second captains indeed. Well, listen, you're in Dublin to promote Wednesday night's match between Liverpool and Chelsea for Carlsberg 0.0. This is the Premier League fixture with the most nil-nil, 0-0 draws in Premier League history, the blurb tells me. So what do you make of Jurgen Klopp's big news? Shock. I was shocked. I was not expecting that. Uh, like everybody is thinking about why it's going to happen after, why it's going to happen now. I don't remember a manager of that you know level announcing that he was leaving that early in the season. But uh, maybe, maybe you know better than me. I, I don't remember and how much it can affect the team. But uh, I, I think the most important of the message is why, you know, why he's mm-hmm. leaving, why he needs uh, that rest. That we need to step aside because that's something that when we are in the managers, we don't realize how how crazy it is. Yeah, I mean, we saw Xavi as well um, the other night at Barcelona saying, you know, I'm I'm done here. I can't take this anymore. So he's also going to leave at the end of the season. Has has being a manager become more exhausting, more stressful, more um, more difficult uh, over the last few years? For, for me, it was tough. The Premier League is. When I was at Sunderland, it was, it, I was exactly. I mean, uh, I always put the same example. 
Uh, we were playing three o'clock at home in Sunderland, in Stadium Light. I was staying after the game, most of the time having a dream with the manager. I would the opposite manager. I will go home around six, six thirty, because the game finishes at quarter to five. And by nine o'clock, I will be ready to go to bed. I couldn't even watch the goals Saturday night because I was mentally exhausted. You know, like when you are a football player, you cannot sleep. You stay until three o'clock in the morning kicking people. But as a manager, the mental side is tremendous. Uh, I, I didn't know that. I didn't expect that. Uh, and if you ask, like Klopp said, that the press conference before the game, after the game, before the, the cup game, after the cup game, before the game, the TV, after the game, you got 15 minutes now. I think it's still not that rule. After the game finished, inside 15 minutes, you need to go and talk. And uh, when you're in the winning side, you see, when you lost the game 6, 7, 8 nil, it's better not to talk inside the 15 minutes or for a week because you know maybe you you say something wrong. So, yeah, it's, it's very tough. Darwin Nunez, obviously an international compatriot, a countryman of yours. He scored again at the weekend. He's a very interesting player to watch. Some misses big chances sometimes, but also impacts the game a lot and seems to be, he's certainly scoring and assisting this season. How highly do you rate Nunez? Well, I, I was convinced he will do well in here. Uh, obviously, the first season was tough. I think after that episode when he hit bad someone, it, it was like a little bit of a shock for him and it, it kind of set him you know, back a little bit. He set him back a little bit. But now he knows where he is. I think he's better adapted. He knows his role in the team. Uh, I think he, uh, playing for Uruguay as a main number nine and the Bielsa helped him as well in terms of the confidence, his position. And I think he's going to keep getting better. I mean, the power is there. The, you know, the, the way that he's uh, going now uh, in terms of the scoring goal for for Uruguay, but also for Liverpool is important. Now it's a matter of maintaining in there, not changing too much, you know, being himself and being consistent. You're going to be in Dublin. You're staying for a few days. You'll be in Murray's Bar in O'Connell Street on Wednesday <laughs> if any Liverpool or Chelsea fans want to see you. Are you hoping to have any conversations with the Football Association of Ireland while you're here, Gus? <laughs> No, no. This is a, a great conscience um, here with, with Casper. Um, look, I I said exactly how I felt on the game that we play when we play here with Greece. I think the atmosphere, the fans, they were spectacular. It was a game of a proper night uh, football game. You know, the proper day that you want to be part somehow as a player, as a coach, as a as a reporter, as a fan, because the atmosphere was incredible. Oh, the moment we course, I was at that. I was at that game. I did not think that was a great atmosphere. That was right at the end of the Stephen Kenny days. A lot of player, a lot of fans yeah. left the crowd. It, it might have felt good to you because you were winning the match, but not to us. Well, I think to the up to the Chunili was immense. I mean, obviously it went down because of the result of the game, but uh, all the approach to the game and how I felt. They, this is my. You're right because we won. It was different for me. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I just want to say how nice it was for, you know, for us as a opposition to to play under that, those circumstances and perform. Now some clever pundit there ran towards me and asked me the question, and I said, "What can you say?" You know, like, I just finished the game, and so it was all this news around. The problem is that the truth is I finished contract on March thirty first. Qualifying or not qualifying? That's the truth. And right now, I don't have any offers. So, what do you want me to say? Uh, something bad or something good? No. We are like to, would I like to stay in Greece? Yes. Yes, because I'm having a great time and we're playing very well and the players, they are convinced that we're doing well. Uh, it's not only my side. You know, it has to be someone on the other side who wants you to stay to agree. Something. And at the moment, it's nothing. So, is it, uh, I'm surprised that there is nothing with two months to go. Yes. Because I know when I'm in a club that I'm close to getting the sack. I know. You're feeling, yeah? If, if the chairman calls you, you know, oh, the chairman, I'm gone. You know. In the other way as well, I, I know when I'm doing well and when I think that the logical thing is we'll be having another coach. But at the moment, I have nothing. So what can I say? It seems a, a crazy situation, though. I mean, win or lose the playoff I, I don't understand I mean lose the playoff okay but if you win and qualify for the Euros then people you know, ask me it, it, I, I, 
is it possibility that Greece go to the Europe without you? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> you know, depending on <laughs> of a negotiation, but the situation is clear. Now, uh, you know, like I said, I prefer to focus on the game. You know, I got uh, Kazakhstan analyzed to the bits. And now I'm in plan of analyzing as well Georgia and Luxembourg because if we win, we're going to have to play against them. Uh, and that's it. Then what is coming after? It's coming after. You so did say, uh, yeah, but you, you, I think you, you know what you've walked into spending a couple of days in Dublin at the moment. Gus, we have a, there's a board meeting tomorrow night. It's a very hot topic. And you did say, you did say after that, that game in Dublin that you would love to manage Ireland. So does yes. that remain the case today? I, if, if you don't get a contract with Greece after March, would you like to be the next Republic of Ireland manager? I, I would like to work in the future Republic of Ireland, yes. I've got no doubt about that. And I'm not being unfair with anyone, not with Greece. I'm not saying now it's impossible. I'm not saying in April because I don't know what's going to happen. But and, and I, I encourage any coach who wants to work at international level to take the job in Ireland if it's been offered. I think it's a, it's a great opportunity. That's my feeling. That's how I, I like to do football. Now, maybe think differently. Other people think that maybe the team needs something different. Okay, fair enough. Me, I think it's a great place to work. So why do you think it's a good opportunity? Because we have um, struggled to persuade people that this could be that this could be a good job. It seems like a lot of coaches are turning up their nose and aren't interested. Why do you see it differently? No, I don't see it differently because also I don't know what is the deal. And I'm not talking about money now. I'm talking about how long um, the conditions, how many people you can bring. You know, there is on, not only your your name that is coming. You know, so it has to be in the other side as well. I think the difference between winning and losing now for Republic of Ireland. In many of the games during the Euro qualification, it was minimal. Against us, 2-1, it was minimal. You can say that we played better or worse. Okay, fair enough. The second game in here, the first 10 minutes, if you score, the game is totally different. Or if we don't score the second goal, just at the end of the first half, the second half is totally different. So there is a, a little bit of a step there that if you mm. get that step uh, higher well as a coach and lead the players, you can start winning games. The difference is minimal. The one nil. Remember the first game of the qualification. The one. I remember. I remember well. Against yeah, France. Yeah, yeah. Against France. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me that you deserve to lose that game. No, you did. Because it was close. And two incredible saves in the last few minutes from the corner. So the difference is there. Now then you have to believe as a coach that you are the right fit with those group of players to make that difference. Madame, we are all different. Me, I'm talking about myself. I don't know about the rest. The worst, um, the worst uh, part of our qualifiers was the first twenty minutes of the game in Athens. Um, I remember being there, and uh, oh my god, uh, you couldn't get out. <laughs> we were six corner, no? We were sitting I there going, we'll "What's happening? What? What is happening?" I mean, it was only it only ended up being one nil after twenty. Like it was, a, it was a penalty, but like it was, we were just getting destroyed. Uh, what? I mean, what were you thinking? What were you thinking during that? You must have been thinking, okay, this this is going quite well. But what was what's your <laughs> diagnosis of of what happened Look, in that game? It was such a strange twenty minutes of football from from our point of view. Me, me I uh, when when I got the draw, uh, I knew how difficult it would be France and Holland, and in my mind it was okay. I must. There is no negotiable. I must beat the Republic of Ireland both games if I want to have a minimum chance. So that game it was like proper for us. It was very important. And, and as you see, you know, the way we started the game, the way that we went there, I think it's five corners, corner, we couldn't get out of the box. And that was the way that, you know, we, we tried the game to play. I think after the 1-1, one, one, we were a little bit in a shock, you know, for a few minutes, like a walk. And then you changed the system. And, you know, you were playing fast two and then five for one. And we work it very well on the right. We got a system that is playing very well on the right. The connection between the three right players naturally is working very well. And then we were able to win the game. But uh, yeah, it's like, like I said, there is a connection. You know, when sometimes managers work very well in one club and then they go to another one, it doesn't work. And then they go to another and it works because it's the connection with the players. Is the connection, is the convincement, is the way that the players react to what you do. Um, so far, so good. I need now, you know, to win two games, the most important ones so far. In Greece, how, how have you dealt with the, with the language barrier? 
do you speak it? Do you do you do your work through English? The look, the, the anyone, practically everyone under forty years old in Greece speak English. So I speak okay. in English uh, directly to the players. Every single player understand English, speak English. If I, I would say the opposite, if I didn't speak English or what I do, this call English, <laughs> uh, I was not able to get the job. They will not get a a, a coach without speaking English or Greek. Uh, so mm-hmm. that was very important, and, and that's good for me because I need the way I am my message to get through direct to the players through a translator. It would be it would be very difficult. And when you talk about getting your message through, are you talking about like specific stuff about how to play the game, or are you talking about like an emotional connection? I, I mean, I'm I'm uh, I'm wondering if if international football is there an argument that international football is kind of almost become a different branch of the sport from like the top level club game that maybe emotions are still really important whereas the top level game is all is sort of tactics and you know kind of high level stuff like this is there is there a difference now between the international and the club games yes massive uh, i think the mental side is fundamental i i'm closer to the players international level than club level club level you have the players every day so you don't need to get in contact with them after training, you know, in the afternoons or the weekends. International level, I, I need to be in contact pr- practically, especially when the ones that are having difficulties in the clubs, I'm in contact a lot. So I, I try to make sure that when they get with me, they are mentally ready to be with me. Uh, tactically, I I simplify, simplify my message, okay? When I was in a club or when I'm in a club, you got things to train constantly. So I pick four or five things very, very, very important in attack, the way I want to play, how I want to create superiority, how I want to attack, and three or four non-negotiables in defense proper, you know, like compulsory in defense to make sure that we defend. Because let's be honest, not too many people defend nowadays. Everybody wants to play with the ball. So we got clear message about defending as well. And that's it. You know, I don't try to complicate things. and I, I try to select well the player that is going to be able to do what I need to play in a certain way. And like I said, we connected very well and the, and the atmosphere is fantastic. So now it's a matter of finishing the job, really, and qualifying. Okay, we're being wrapped up here. Because I just want to ask you one more question. Has anyone from the Football Association of Ireland contacted you about the job? No. Simple as that? Simple as that, because it's the truth. Uh, no, not at all. So like listen- I said before, in another yeah. interview, Either it's not me or they are very respectful because I got a job and they're respecting me and the Greek Federation. Mm, well, they might want to start asking you if they if they want you at some point. <laughs> Gus, good luck in the playoffs. Thank you so much. Thank you. Pleasure. Uh, there's a winning mentality. See it in their eyes. They've got glazed eyes. Glazed eyes. Glazed eyes. What I said to them at the end, and I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it, I said, are you ready to win a World Cup? Because we're in it to win it. They've got to trust me. I'm taking these guys into battle. And I'm doing my own stapling. Look, we're not getting carried away, but we're now getting to that point now where we are inspiring. Does a, a struggling salesman start turning up on a bicycle? He turns up in a newer car, Deception. So what becomes of you, my love? Along the way, we're going to have fun. When they have finally stripped you off. I try and laugh several times a day. A sergeant major spends all his time training his men to be killers and, and make sure that they arrive for meetings on time and dressed in the right way. He doesn't polish his own boots. The bosses are panicking. They're going, oh, cut back. Non-negotiable. The way we play football is non-negotiable. One of the many benefits to being a World Service member is access to emergency breaking news podcasts like the one we delivered on Friday to react to the Jurgen Klopp retirement announcement. But not everyone was happy. Ron McMahon emails in Owen Roy. Hi, guys. Hope all is well. Slight bone to pick after Friday's Klopp show, primarily with Hair McDevitt. As will be obvious, not hair, like hair, hair as in hair. Oh, I got, I got there, don't worry. As will be obvious from this email, I'm a Liverpool fan. I spent Friday morning looking forward to the gang's tribute to one of the great Premier League era managerial careers. A bit of comfort in an otherwise bleak day. Needless to say, Ken delivered. Maybe he missed out on the 106-108 points taken between 2019-2020. Maybe he glossed over the achievement of not just winning one, but making two other Champions League finals with subpar squads. But all in all, 
Good job, Ken. What I didn't expect was Owen to go full you and Roy and attempt to throw dirt on my memory of Jürgen. I'd normally understand you and You and Roy is his brother. His brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. The brother and sworn he's enemy. He's always the vituperative presence pointing out all Logan's faults. I'd normally understand Owen's position as folly to Ken's clop praise, but what kind of guy stands up in the church not just to interrupt the eulogy, but to try to bury the man in the coffin before the congregation is done mourning? Every man has his flaws and clop is not exempt, but Friday was not the time or the place, Owen. All the best from Ronan. I didn't get that, Owen. What, what, is there any specific example of you trying no to... No specifics from Ronan here. No specifics. Is it because you, you pointed out that he sometimes said mean things to like referees and... That might be it. I think that might be it. I did feel afterwards... Was that the right time and the place? At the same time, it actually wasn't a funeral. Just to just reiterate, yeah. the man has just yeah. announced he's retiring at the end of the season. I think it's okay to point out the odd flaw. It, I, the next few months could get tough if we're just not allowed to say anything I remotely negative your about your job. I, uh, sure, not alone uh, is it okay. I think it's your job, on. Yeah. Jurgen Klopp is one of the best coaches in world football. We should have got Malkovich on, to be fair. We could that still get Malkovich on before the end. Of the, let's get Malkovich. Malkovich. Stop giving away these ideas. On Malkovich or Neil Lennon? Ah, Malkovich probably Lennon. Lennon. I probably don't dispute Lennon. the man's charisma. Come on. You know, who can? Who can dispute Jurgen Klopp's charisma and indeed? brilliance as a Premier League manager that's it for today's podcast thanks Murph thank you Owen thanks Ken. Good Ken thank you Owen and thank you Karen. thanks for listening have a little think about signing up for emergency podcasts such as the one we had last Friday night on secondcaptains.com for just five euro a month plus VAT if you prefer to hear the episodes ad free that's also the way to do it the Second Captains podcast as you listen to it is part of the Acast Creator Net- oh do you see what I did there Oh, I just trod all over, all over No, I was waiting for it. It's good. No, the ACAST Creator Network then. Oh, that's, what? That, that's the important information that uh, I wanted to uh, pass to the listeners. What he said. It's fun, is that? That's the second time it's gone off. Never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sports is important. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 